constantly about Al-Akhirah, the afterlife, we are not going to approach Islam in the right way. And I want you to think about this saying of Aisha radiallahu anha. Sayyida Aisha says, لو أن أول ما نزل من القرآن لا تشرب الخمر لقال الناس لا والله لا ننتكر الخمر أبدا ولو أن أول ما نزل من القرآن لا تزنوا لقال الناس لا والله لا ننتكر الزنا أبدا ولكن كان أول ما نزل من القرآن صور المفصل فيها ذكر الجنة والنار حتى ثابت القلوب إلى ربها ثم نزل الحلال والحرام عائشة says If the first verses revealed in Quran were telling the people don't drink the people would have said we're never going to stop drinking and if the first verses revealed in Quran were telling the people do not commit fornication and adultery, the people would have said we're never going to stop doing this. Aisha is saying that if the first things revealed in Islam were, were the do's and don'ts, telling the people this is prohibited and this is prohibited and this is prohibited, the people wouldn't have followed those orders. If you come to a person and immediately tell the person from day one, you're not allowed to do this and that, the people are not going to be receptive to that message. But Aisha says the first verses in Quran were talking about paradise and hellfire. Until the hearts were attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then the do's and don'ts were revealed. When the hearts were attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is when the halal and haram was revealed. Now, we understand from the saying of Aisha that the way to attach the hearts to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is by talking about Jannah and Nahr. By talking about paradise and hellfire. That is how we can attach the hearts to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I think that we are not getting enough reminder about this. I think that we are detached from the reality. I think we are immersed in this world too much. And we are not receiving enough dose of akhirah. And unless we revive this reminder again and again, it's not going to be on our minds. I think we are very much attached to the ones we love in this dunya. We're very much attached to the things that we have, our houses, our cars. We're attached to the pleasures that this life can offer. And we need to ask ourselves the question, if we are faced with the angel of death in this moment, and he asks us the question, even though he's never going to seek permission from us. But if he does, like he does with the Anbiya, if he comes to us and says, are you ready to leave right now? Are you ready to leave this world? What will the answer be? Are we ready? Will you say yes or no? Are we ready to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or not? Do we want to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at this moment or are we still attached with this world? So I think that unless we constantly remind ourselves with the conclusion, with the end result, we are going to be attached to this temporary uh, stage which as we mentioned in the equation is not worth anything. Rasulullah used to talk about the topic of hellfire and paradise so much. And he used to talk about hellfire specifically very frequently, and in fact, one of the uh, Sahabiyat, she said she memorized Surah Qaf from the mouth of Rasulullah on the member of Jum'ah, on the pulpit of Jum'ah, because he used to mention it so many times. She memorized uh, Surah Qaf, and Surah Qaf is talking about paradise and hellfire, and it also talks about death. The reason why Rasulullah used to always talk about this is because after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nobody has more mercy on this ummah like Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And he cared so much about this ummah, he didn't want this ummah to be harmed. And he used to always remind us about akhirah, remind us about death, remind us about the day of judgment, remind us about paradise, and remind us about hellfire. In fact, once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa stood on the mimbar, on the pulpit, and this is how he started his speech. After praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and making salah on the messenger of Allah, he said, I warn you hellfire.
And he repeated it again. أَنْذَرْتُكُمُ النَّارِ أَنْذَرْتُكُمُ النَّارِ I'm warning you hellfire. And he was repeating it again and again. And his voice was going louder and louder. One of the Sahaba said if someone was in the marketplace, they would have heard him. And that's all what he was saying on the member. أَنْذَرْتُكُمُ النَّارِ أَنْذَرْتُكُمُ النَّارِ I remind you with hellfire, I warn you, hellfire. The narrator of this hadith says the Sahaba and the Masjid, you could hear their voices in, in weeping. That is the sensitivity of their hearts. For us, subhanAllah, we have very rigid hearts. And in fact, sometimes we could be in a situation that should bring tears and should bring concern to us, and we would be laughing. I remember once we were in a cemetery, burying a sister, Janazah. And one brother, and we were standing aside, and one brother came and he started telling jokes and laughing in the cemetery. We just finished burying a Muslim, burying a sister. And the brother is joking and laughing. Uthman ibn Affan, when he used to attend the burial, he would sit next to the grave and cry and wouldn't be able to stand up. And the Sahaba would come and tell him, what is wrong with you? He said, this is the first step in Akhirah. This is the first stage that we go through in the different stages of Akhirah. If it is good, then whatever is after it will be good. If it is not, then whatever is after it will be bad. I think that the sensitivity of the hearts is something that we lack. And one of the ways to bring it back is by reminding ourselves constantly about the reality, about al-haqiqah, the truth. Because we are living in a dream world. We are living in a world in which we think that whatever is here around us is whatever will remain. And that's not the case. All of this will vanish one day. Everything will leave. Nothing will remain except the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At one time, all of the beings will be dead. So Allah ta'ala will, this is an introduction to the topic. Uh, some of the things that we'll talk about is, uh, there is, subhanAllah, the Quran and the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa have detailed this topic of paradise and hellfire. There is no other religion that has given so much description to the afterlife uh, like Islam. And we'll go through these headlines, the, talk about these topics, the size of hellfire, the levels of hellfire, the gates of hellfire, the fuel of hellfire, uh, hellfire is heat, hellfire is eternal, the food of the dwellers of hellfire, and we'll talk about uh, their clothes, the punishment of hellfire, the different levels of hellfire, and then we'll, uh, inshallah ta'ala, talk about the deeds that end up uh, causing a person to suffer the torment of hellfire. So again, uh, the, the issue of the afterlife, we're underestimating it, we're not giving it fair attention. And uh, if we're going to look at the model generation, we can sense from reading about them that this is something that was always on their minds. They would always remind each other about Al-Akhirah, they would talk about it. And then Quran, Quran itself. It's very rare to go through a page of Qur'an without finding a reminder about Akhirah. Why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repeat the reminder about Jannah, repeat An-Nar, in almost every chapter of Al-Qur'an? This tells us that it's very much needed for us. And sometimes the same things are repeated. And again, Rasulullah used to repeat this frequently, because our hearts are drained very easily, our hearts change very easily. And the word Qalb in Arabic is from Taqallub. Qalb is, is heart. It comes from the word taqallub, and that is uh, water boiling in, in, a, in a pot. It's overturning, and it's boiling. Our hearts change. And if you want to see an example of this, look at an infant. The baby could be crying, and then suddenly laughing, just a moment after. Our hearts change a lot, and that's why Rasulullah used to say in his dua, يَا مُقَلِّبَ الْقُلُوبِ ثَبِّتْ قُلُوبًا عَلَى 
the one who overturns the hearts, oh Allah, we ask you to make our hearts steadfast on Islam. This is a dua that we should constantly make. And it was said that Rasulullah used to repeat this dua very frequently. Ya muqallib al-qulub, thabbit qulubana ala dinak. Oh, the one who overturns the hearts, have our hearts steadfast on your religion and on iman. We need to remind ourselves constantly about al-akhirah. Rasulullah says that the analogy of him and us is like a man standing next to a fire in the desert at night time. Whenever you have some light in the desert, it's going to attract the insects to it. So these moths and flying insects, they see this fire and they think it's a source of light. Just like they gather around the lamp at night, if you have a lamp, if you have any light on at night, you would find these moths and insects flying around it. If you have fire in the wilderness, these insects will gather close to the fire thinking that it's light. And they would jump into it and burn themselves and and die. Rasulullah says that I am standing next to this fire trying to force the insects away. Rasulullah says, you are jumping towards fire and I am dragging you away from it. Nevertheless, some of you still jump into it. Rasulullah is, is a guard for us. He wants, to, he wants to keep us safe from any danger. Nevertheless, there are some people who will still insist on throwing themselves in hellfire even though the reminder is there. And the more we talk about the afterlife, the more we talk about akhirah, the more uh, clear this world and akhirah will be to us. It was very clear to Jibreel alayhi salam. Jibreel couldn't understand how there could be some people who are going to give up paradise and opt for hellfire. Jibreel says, I am amazed. How come there could be someone who can sleep safely when they know that hellfire is waiting for them? And I am amazed how there could be someone who can sleep when they know that paradise is waiting for them. How could we taste sleep when there is going to be an option of either hellfire and paradise. And Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, once at night, his wife says that suddenly he, he was shaking like a bird, and then he started crying and he couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. And I told him, what is wrong with you? What's the matter? He said, He said, I, I remember that one day, I will be standing and I would be told to either go to paradise or go to hellfire. And what we're talking about is going to happen to every one of us. We are going to be standing there on the Day of Judgment. I mean, when we talk about this as if it is something that's far-fetched, something in an imaginary world, no. Tomorrow it's going to be there, and we are going to be there. Tomorrow we're going to be faced with hellfire and paradise. We're going to see them with our own eyes. We better be prepared. And this is our future. We're talking now about our future. We're talking about the afterlife. This is the future of every one of us. Our souls were created for eternity. Our souls were not created for a temporary time. There was a time when we never existed. But as soon as this soul has been created, it's going to live forever. It's going to exist forever. There isn't going to be a moment when your soul is going to cease to exist. It's always going to be there. Your soul was created for eternity. It's going to live forever. Infinite life. But this is the testing ground, and then it's going to be either hellfire or paradise forever. And the ones who realized this, they worked very hard in this dunya. They worked very hard in this world, and they competed on akhirah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, For this, the ones who want to compete should compete. That is the field of competition. We shouldn't be competing on worldly things. That is the field of competition. Competition and akhirah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Quran and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in hadith uh, gave us elaborate explanation and description of hellfire and paradise. Tonight, inshallah, we'll spend time describing hellfire. And as a human being, the strongest motivation for us is the motivation of reward 
or punishment. Reward for good, punishment for evil. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed us on this earth to spend some time, go through a test. The test is open book. We have Quran and Hadith with us. And then the results will be handed out on the Day of Judgment. And the results of this test are final. There's no appeal. Now, with the issue of hellfire, no matter how much we describe it, we're never going to imagine it as if it's there. This is just to draw it closer to us. And the same thing with Jannah. Why? Because there's nothing in this dunya that we could relate to. I mean, when we're talking about the fire of this dunya, Rasulullah says that the fire of Akhirah is 70 times hotter than this. Than the hottest temperature you could get on dunya. This is just to draw the information close to us. But the reality is something else. This world, there's no reward and there's no punishment in it. If this world was good enough as a reward, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have used it as a reward for the believer. And if this world offers enough punishment, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have given it as a punishment for the disbeliever. But it's not worth for punishment or reward. Therefore, neither will the believer nor the disbeliever be in this dunya for reward or punishment. And as a human being, we have to live with two wings if we want to have a balanced flight, and that is hope and fear. Hope, good hope, good expectation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He's the forgiving and the merciful. And at the same time, we have fear. We fear that the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is severe. These two wings need to balance each other. If one of them is stronger than the other, then the bird will not be able to fly. If you have too much good hope, too much good expectation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you're not going to be active in pursuing Jannah. You will think that Allah is forgiving. It's okay, I'll do whatever I want. He's forgiving. And if you have too much fear, you think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishment is very severe and Allah will punish you for anything that you did, and there's no hope for you, then you'll give up. And that's also another extreme. We should live a balanced life, and that is we're living between a wing of good hope and a wing of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and both of them balance each other. And a comparison, you would find that the Old Testament, which is the book that the Jews use, emphasizes on or, or presents God as an angry, upset God, and the people are supposed to have a lot of fear from the wrath of God. And then you read the New Testament and you find another perspective and that is a God of love and a God of forgiveness and a God of mercy. Both lack the balance. But Islam is balanced. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that He is the forgiving and merciful. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says that my punishment is severe. Just like if you have someone and he's telling you I'm very merciful and I'm forgiving but this stick of mine hurts. I can hurt you. But I am merciful and forgiving. One of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the forgiving and one of his names is the merciful. But in the same time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that his punishment is severe. It's not one of the names of Allah that he is the severe in punishment. But Allah says that his punishment is severe. But when it comes to forgiveness and mercy, it's one of the names of Allah. There are two names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nar offers us the fear side of the story. Jannah offers us the good hope and good expectation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created hellfire as a punishment for the disbeliever, for the hypocrite, and for the believers who accumulated a lot of sins. This is what hellfire was created for. And we don't know exactly the size of hellfire, but there are some indications that tell us that it is large, huge. One indication is the fact that hellfire is always asking for more. Whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put people in it, hellfire will say, هَلْ مِنْ مَزِيدٍ Any more. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَوْمَ نَقُولُ لِجَهَنَّمُ هَلْ امْتَلَأْتِ وَتَقُولُ هَلْ مِنْ مَزِيدٍ One day we will ask hell, are you full? 
it will say, are there any more to come? It's always asking for more until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will force it to stop asking for more people. So it has the size and the capacity to take as much as it can. That's one indication of the size of hellfire that it's huge in size. A second indication is the depth of hellfire. And this hadith is a miracle. In itself is a miracle. We cannot explain it in a scientific fashion. It's a miracle. And this hadith is in Sahih Muslim. عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال كنا مع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذ سمع وجبة فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أتدرون ما هذا قال قلنا الله ورسوله أعلم قال هذا حجر رمي به في في النار منذ سبعين خريفا فهو يهوي في النار الآن حتى انتهى إلى قعرها رواه مسلم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم was sitting with the sahaba and they heard the sound they heard the noise a bang something that fell down رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said do you know what this voice is, do you know what the sound was? The Sahaba said, Allah and His Messenger know best. Rasulullah said, this is a huge rock that was thrown 70 years ago in hellfire and it just landed in the bottom of hellfire right now. Now how this exactly happened, how did Rasulullah hear this, how did the Sahaba hear this, this is a miracle. Was this sound heard by everyone on the face of the earth? Allah alam. Was it heard by Rasulullah and the Sahaba alone? Allah alam. But it sounds like it was a miracle. And this tells you that this rock was thrown in hellfire and it took 70 years for this rock to get to the bottom of hellfire. That tells us that it's very deep. The third indication is the number of angels involved in pulling it. Uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, يُؤْتَى بِجَهَنَّمَ يَوْمَ إِذٍ لَهَا سَبْعُونَ أَلْفَ زِمَامٍ مَعَ كُلِّ زِمَامٍ سَبْعُونَ أَلْفَ مَلَكٍ يَجُرُّونَهَا رواه مسلم. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, the hell will be brought on that day, the day of judgment, with 70 brittles, and every brittle would be controlled by 70 angels. 70 chains, every chain is pulled by uh, uh, 70 uh, angels. Actually 70,000. The translation of the hadith is incorrect here. It's, uh, it will be 70,000 uh, brittles and every brittle is pulled by 70,000 angels. And that is on the Day of Judgment. Hellfire will be brought to the scene on the Day of Judgment. Uh, the fourth indication is that the sun and the moon will be thrown in hellfire. Obviously, this is the clearest indication to us of the size of hellfire because we know the size of the sun and size of the moon. Rasulullah says that on the day of judgment, both sun and the moon would be thrown in hellfire. And you might wonder why specifically the sun and the moon were thrown in hellfire. I mean, is that a punishment for them? What is the reason? This hadith is by Muslim. The sun and the moon, Thawrani, Muqarranan, and also Al-Bukhari, in fire. The reason is that any god that was worshipped besides Allah will be thrown in hellfire. And the sun and the moon have been worshipped besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so they would be thrown in hellfire. The levels of hellfire, hellfire is divided into ranks and levels. The levels of Jannah get better when you go up. So the higher, the better. With hellfire, the lower, the worse. So the levels of hellfire go from top to bottom, the levels of paradise go from bottom to top. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ فِي الدَّرْكِ الْأَسْفَلِ مِنَ النَّارِ The munafiqeen, the hypocrites, are in the lowest level of hellfire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is putting them in the lowest level of hellfire. And then we know that there's levels that are above that, like for example, the level that the uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Abu Talib will be in. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says that he will be in a pool, a shallow pool uh, of fire that reaches to his ankles. That's it. Other people are surrounded with fire from every side. The uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu the fire will only reach to his ankles. 
and it would cause his brain to boil. That's supposed to be the least punishment in hellfire. So you can imagine how bad the worst level would be. Hellfire has gates. How many gates does it have? Seven. And how many gates does paradise have? Eight. The levels of the, the gates of paradise are eight and the gates of hellfire are seven. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَهَا سَبْعَةُ أَبْوَابٍ It has seven gates. And there's another ayah that mentions the, the gates in Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَسِيقَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا إِلَى جَهَنَّمَ زُمَرًا حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءُوهَا فُتِحَتْ أَبْوَابُهَا وَقَالَ لَهُمْ خَزَنَتُهَا أَلَمْ يَأْتِكُمْ رُسُلٌ مِّنْكُمْ وَقَالَ لَهُمْ خَزَنَتُهَا أَلَمْ يَأْتِكُمْ رُسُلٌ مِّنْكُمْ يَتْلُونَ عَلَيْكُمْ آيَاتِ رَبِّكُمْ وَيُنْذِرُونَكُمْ لِقَاءَ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا قَالُوا بَلَى وَلَكِنْ حَقَّتْ كَلِمَةُ الْعَذَابِ عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ قِيلَ دُخُلُوا أَبْوَابَ جَهَنَّمَ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا فَبِئْسَ مَثْوَى الْمُتَكَبِّرِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The unbelievers will be led to hell in crowd until when they arrive there, its gates will be opened and its keepers will say, Did not apostles come to you from among yourselves? rehearsing to you the signs of your Lord and warning you of the meeting of this day of yours, the answer will be true, but the decree of the punishment has been proved true against the unbelievers. The fuel of hellfire is the people of hellfire and stones. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَا أَيُّوَ آمَنُوا قُوْ أَنفُسَكُمْ وَأَهْلِيكُمْ نَارًا وَقُودُهَا النَّاسِ وَالْحِجَارَةِ وَعِدَّةِ الْكَافِرِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O you who believe, save yourselves and your families from a fire whose fuel is men and stones. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us all and our families. The fuel of hellfire is internal, from within. It is the people of hellfire. So people of hellfire are burning each other. They're sharing the punishment of each other. And it's also the rocks of hellfire. They would provide the fuel of hellfire. Uh, what about the heat of hellfire? What descriptions do we have about that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَصْحَابُ الشِّمَالِ مَا أَصْحَابُ الشِّمَالِ فِي سَمُومٍ وَحَمِيمٍ وَظِلٍ مِّنْ يَحْمُومٍ لَا بَارِدٍ وَلَا كَرِيمٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The companions of the left hand, what will be the companions of the left hand? They will be in the midst of a fierce blast of fire and in boiling water. And in the shades of black smoke, nothing will be there to refresh nor breeze. Water, breeze, and shade are three ways to cool ourselves from heat. Water, and wind, and shade. These are three ways we could get away from heat and cool ourselves from heat. The people of Hellfire have these three options. They will have water, they will have breeze, and they will have shade. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned these three in these ayat that we just read. Fi samumin wa hamim. Samum is air that is very dry and scorching hot. So that is the breeze that they will get. Instead of a breeze that will cool them down, 
it's a breeze that will burn them. It's very dry. Riyah uh, Samum is a wind that comes in Arabia from the north. It blows from the north and it crosses the desert. So it loses all of its humidity. It loses all of its moisture. And it comes very hot and burning and scorching. It's called Samum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the people of hellfire will have this same type of wind. It's scorching, it's dry, and it's hot. Wahamim. Hamim is water, but it's boiling water. That's the water that they will get. Wadhulim Shade. They will look for shade, they will get it. But this shade will be in dark clouds of black smoke. That's the shade that they will get when they get into it. It will choke them uh, from the uh, dryness and the smell of it. This is the shade and the water that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give uh, the people of hellfire. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا سَقَرْ لَا تُبْقِي وَلَا تَذَرْ لَوَّاحَةٌ لِلْبَشَرْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and what will explain to you what hellfire is, it doesn't permit to endure and it does not leave alone. Darkening and changing the color of man. It will change the color of people. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in this hadith narrated by Muslim, عن أبي هريرة أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ناركم هذه التي يوقد ابن آدم جزء من سبعين جزءا من حر جهنم قال والله إن كانت لكافية يا رسول الله قال فإنها فضلت عليها بتسعة وستين جزءا كلها مثل حرها رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم says the fire which sons of Adam burn is only one seventieth part of the fire of hell so the fire that we have in dunya is one-seventieth of the heat of the fire of hellfire. The Sahaba said, by Allah, even ordinary fire would have been enough. I mean, if the punishment was the ordinary fire we have, that would have been sufficient. Rasulullah said, it is 69 parts in excess of the heat fire, of the fire of this world, each of them being equivalent to their heat. So imagine that it's 70 times hotter than the highest temperature that we could get on the face of this earth. That is the heat of hellfire. The worst news that the people of hellfire will hear is mentioned in Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that it will be said to the people of hellfire, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Taste, we shall give you nothing but more punishment. The people of hellfire will go and complain about the punishment they're receiving. The answer will be, Every day the punishment will be more severe than the day before. So it's not improving. They're not getting accustomed to it. It is getting worse. And imagine that this is the case for eternity. Imagine that for an infinite lifetime, the punishment is not getting better, it's not improving, it's getting worse. And I think that this ayah is sufficient for us to to fear the consequences of risking ourselves in hellfire. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us all. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَذُوقُوا فَلَنَا زِيدِكُمْ إِلَّا عَذَابًا That the punishment of hellfire will only get worse. We know from the hadith that hellfire sees and hears. And also from an ayah in Quran that it breathes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِذَا رَأَتْهُمْ مِنْ مَكَانٍ بَعِيدٍ سَمِعُوا لَهَا سَمِعُوا لَهَا تَغَيُّضًا وَزَفِيرًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when it sees them from a place far off, they will hear its fury and its raging sigh. So it's breathing with anger. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, and this hadith is narrated by Tirmidhi, عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه, قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم, 
تخرج عنق من النار يوم القيامة لها عينان تبصران وأذنان تسمعان ولسان ينطق يقول إني وكلت بثلاثة بكل جبار عنيد وبكل من دعا مع الله إلها آخر وبالمصورين Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says on the day of judgment, a column of fire will come out from hellfire. It has two eyes that see, and two ears that hear, and a tongue that can speak. And it will say, I am here to capture anyone who is Jabbar, Anid, the stubborn tyrants, and the ones who associate other gods with Allah, and the ones who make statues, the ones who made idols to be worshipped. On the Day of Judgment, this column of fire will come out, a neck, a column of fire. It will extend out of fire. It has two eyes that see, two ears that hear, and a tongue. And it will be looking for any stubborn tyrant and anyone who used to make idols and the ones who used to associate other gods besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hellfire is eternal. There won't be a moment when it will cease to exist. It will exist forever. At-Tahawi says in his book of Aqidah, وَالْجَنَّةُ وَالنَّارُ مَخْلُوقَتَانِ لَا تَفْنِيَانِ وَلَا تَبِيدَانِ Al-Tahawi mentions in his aqidah that hellfire and jannah, paradise, will exist for eternity and there will not be a moment when they will disappear. And Ibn Hazm نَقَلَ الْإِجْمَاعَ عَلَى ذَلِكَ Ibn Hazm says that this is the consensus of the scholars of this ummah. Now the size of the people in hellfire and the size of the people in paradise will be greater than the sizes we have in dunya. The sizes will be greatly exaggerated. They will be larger, much larger. And uh, there's a hadith, and this hadith is narrated by Tirmidhi. عن أبي هريرة عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن غلظ جلد الكافر إثنان وأربعون ذراعا وإن ضرسه مثل جبل أحد وإن مجلسه من جهنم كما بين مكة والمدينة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم says in this hadith narrated by Tirmidhi that the thickness of the skin of the people of hellfire is 42 ذراع and Zira'ah is almost one meter, about three feet. Almost, it's not exactly. That's an estimate because there's, there's different measurements of a Zira'ah. But it's almost uh, three feet. So if we're talking about uh, 42 Zira'ah, multiply that by three. About 126 feet. That's the thickness of the skin. And you might wonder why specifically the skin. Well, the skin is the center of the nerves and that's where the pain is felt. So that will be the thickness of the skin of the people in hellfire. And then Rasulullah says, وَدُرْسَهُ مِثْلِ جَبَلْ أُحَدِّ The mole will be like the mountain. One tooth will be like the mountain of Uhud. For those of you who have seen the mountain of Uhud, it's huge. And the area occupied by them when they sit down is like the distance between Mecca and Medina. Why are the sizes expanded? What is the reason? So that they would have more surface to feel the punishment. The larger the size, the more exposure to hellfire. Because the surface is larger. The people of Jannah are not going to be the same size, but they're going to be larger. The food of the dwellers of Jahannam, Hellfire, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَيْسَ لَهُمْ طَعَامٌ إِلَّا مِنْ لَا يُسْمِنْ وَلَا يُغْنِي مِنْ جُوعٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, No food will there be for them but a bitter dari' which will neither nourish nor satisfy hunger. It's a type of food you don't know exactly what it is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has called it dari'. What is dari' exactly? Allah But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع. It does not satisfy hunger and they would still feel pain. لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع. It does not provide any nourishment and it does not uh, satisfy their hunger. 
the primary dish, the main dish for the people of hellfire is the fruits of a tree called a zakum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about this tree, إِنَّ شَجَرَةَ الزَّقُّومِ طَعَامُ الْأَثِيمِ كَالْمُهْلِ يَغْلِي فِي الْبُطُونِ كَغْلِي الْحَمِيمِ This is their main food. It's the fruits of a tree called a zakum. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described this tree in Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about it, Verily the tree of zakum will be the food of the sinful. Like molten brass, it will boil in their insides. Like the boiling of scalding water. They will eat this food. It will boil in their stomachs like molten brass. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also gave another description of Sajrat al-Zaqum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Is that the better entertainment or the tree of zakum? For we have truly made it as a trial for the wrongdoers. For it is a tree that springs out of the bottom of hellfire. This tree grows from the bottom of hellfire. It receives its nourishment from the worst part of hellfire and that's where it comes out from. From the bottom and we said that the bottom is the worst. That's where the roots of this tree are. The shoots of its fruit stalks are like the heads of devils. Truly they will eat thereof and fill their bellies therewith. Then on top of that they will be given a mixture of boiling water. They will eat from these fruits. The more they eat, the more hungry they will feel. And the more thirsty they will become. They will go to drink, they will drink boiling water. And this is the food and drink of the people of hellfire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, ثُمَّ إِنَّكُمْ أَيُّهَا الضَّالُّونَ الْمُكَذِّبُونَ لَآكِلُونَ مِنْ شَجَرٍ مِنْ زَقُّومٍ فَمَالِئُونَ مِنْهَا الْبُطُونَ فَشَارِبُونَ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ الْحَمِيمِ فَشَارِبُونَ شُرْبَ الْهِيمِ Then will you truly, O you that do wrong, and treat truth as falsehood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is directing these ayat to the ones who treat truth as falsehood. The ones who treat the truth as falsehood, Allah says, you will surely taste the tree of zakum. Then will you fill your insides therewith and drink boiling water on top of it. Indeed, you shall drink like diseased camels raging with thirst. Camels sometimes are inflicted with a disease. This disease uh, causes the camels to drink and drink and drink until they kill themselves. They feel thirst, and they drink, but they never quench their thirst. And they keep on drinking until they kill themselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the people of hellfire will be drinking like these diseased camels. And they're drinking, they're not drinking water, they're drinking boiling water. And the more they drink, the more thirsty they become. What about the drink of the people of hellfire? What other drinks will they have? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
Then shall they taste it, a boiling fluid, and a fluid dark, murky, and intensely cold, and other penalties of similar kind to match them. This ayah talks about hamim wa ghassaq. Hamim is boiling water. Ghassaq has been translated here as very cold water. But Al-Qurtubi says that ghasleen is ghassaq. There's these two words, two words were mentioned in the Quran. One of them is ghasleen and one of them is ghassaq. Al-Qurtubi says they mean the same thing and what they are is the juices of the flesh of the people of hellfire. When fire burns their flesh, the grease and the sweat will come out of the bodies, that will be collected and this will be drink for the people of hellfire. Whenever you put some meat on fire to burn, you find that the grease will come out. Those excretions of the body will be collected and that will be the drink of the people of hellfire. That is ghasaq and ghaslim. Uh, Allah also says, if they implore relief, they will be granted water like molten brass and will scald their faces how dreadful the drink. There are different types of drinks basically mentioned in the Quran. We have four of them. I have four of them listed. One of them is al-hamim. So hamim is boiling water. And the number two, ghassaq and ghaslin. And these are the body excretions. And then number three, as-sadid. As-sadid is the pus that comes out from injuries. And Rasulullah says in a hadith narrated by Muslim, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كل مسكن حرام إن على الله عز وجل عهدا لمن شرب المسكر أن يسقيه من طينة الخبال قالوا يا رسول الله وما طينة الخبال قال عرق أهل النار أو عصارة أهل النار Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says that every intoxicant is haram. Every intoxication is haram. And then he says, Allah has made a covenant to those who drank intoxicants to make their drink tinat al-khabal. What is tinat al-khabal, they asked. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, it is the sweat of the denizens of hellfire or the discharge of the denizens of hellfire. Anybody who drinks alcohol in this world will drink the excretions of the injuries of the people of hellfire on the Day of Judgment. And then finally, Al-Muhl. Al-Muhl is uh, boiling oil. We had Al-Hamim, which is boiling water. Al-Muhl is boiling oil. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, وَوَقَعَتْ فَرْوَةُ رَأْسِهِ فَإِذَا شَرِبَهُ قَطَّعَ أَمْعَاءَهُ حَتَّى تَخْرُجَ مِنْ دُبْرِهِ يَقُولُ اللَّهُ وَسُقُوا مَاءً حَمِيمًا فَقَطَّعَ مَعَاهُمْ This hadith is narrated by Tirmidhi. Rasulullah sallam says that this drink, they would bring it forth, and as soon as it gets close to their faces, the flesh of the face will melt and fall down. Nevertheless, they will still drink it. They're feeling all of that pain of the flesh of the face falling down, and they will still go ahead and drink it. That tells you how much pain and suffering of thirst they're feeling. That tells you how bad the pain of thirst was. They are going to drink boiling oil that is causing the flesh of the face to melt and fall down as soon as they bring that cup close to the faces. Uh, the clothes of the people of hellfire, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
فالذين كفروا قطعت لهم ثياب من نار يصب من فوق رؤوسهم الحميم الله سبحانه وتعالى says but those who deny their Lord for them will be cut out a garment of fire over their heads will be poured out boiling water their clothes will be fire and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another ayah qatran qatran is molten copper that will be their clothes imagine having molten copper so hot over the body continuously as a garment continuously وَتَرَى الْمُجْرِمِينَ يَوْمَئِذٍ مُقَرَّنِينَ فِي الْأَصْفَادِ سَرَابِيلُهُمْ مِنْ قَطِرَانٍ وَتَغْشَى وُجُوهَهُمُ النَّارِ What about the punishment of the people of hellfire? Punishment is different levels of we, as we mentioned. The lowest or the easiest the least punishment in hellfire, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask that person who is suffering the least punishment. And this hadith is in Bukhari. يَقُولُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى لِأَهْوَنِ أَهْلِ النَّارِ عَذَابًا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ لَوْ أَنَّ لَكَ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ أَكُنْتَ تَفْتَدِي بِهِ فَيَقُولُ نَعَمْ فَيَقُولُ أَرَدْتُ مِنْكَ أَهْوَنَ مِنْ هَذَا وَأَنْتَ فِي صُلْبِ آدَمْ أَلَّا تُشْرِكَ بِي شَيْءًا who is in the least punishment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, a disbeliever will be brought on the day of resurrection and will be asked. Allah will ask him, suppose you had as much gold as to fill the earth, would you offer it to ransom yourself? Allah will tell him, if you had the whole earth filled with gold, would you use it to ransom yourself? He will say yes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him, I ask you for something easier than that. I ask you for something less than that. I didn't ask you to, to give out the whole world in gold. I ask you for something less than that. And many people on the face of the world are willing to give up their religion and sell their religion not for the whole earth filled with gold, but for a few dollars. Give up their religion. How many people are, are neglecting salah for a few dollars? How many people are leaving Jum'ah for a few dollars? How many people are, don't have the religion Islam on their minds just because of dunya? I mean, we work in this world Years and years and years. For a very miser return, what, what, what do we make in this world? I mean, what is the highest salary that you can make? The richest person. It's not worth it. Well, it's not worth it. Well, this is the lowest punishment in hellfire. Allah is telling him, if you had the whole world in gold, the whole earth in gold, are you willing to ransom yourself? He will say, yes. I'm willing to give it up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling him, I ask you for something less. You were asked for something easier than that, to join none in worship but Allah, but you refused. What is the lowest punishment? What is this lowest punishment that this person is going through? Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, إِنَّ أَهْوَنَ أَهْلِ النَّارِ عَذَابًا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ لَرَجُلٌ تُوضَعُ فِي أَخْمُصِ قَدَمَيْهِ جَمْرَةِ يَغْلِي مِنْهَا دِمَاغُهُ رواه البخاري And Nu'man says, I heard the Prophet saying, the person who will have the least punishment from amongst the hellfire people on the day of resurrection will be a man under whose arch of the feet a smoldering ember or coal will be placed so that his brain will boil because of this. This is the lowest punishment. A person would be standing over a piece of fire under his feet. The heat of it would cause the brain to boil. And that is the lowest punishment in hellfire. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again to save us all from the punishment of Nari Jahannam. 
Also in Hadith al-Bukhari, an Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhum, anna hu sami'a al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa dhukira indahu ammuhu, faqala la'allahu tanfa'ahu shafa'ati yawm al-qiyamah, fayuj'alu fi dhahdahim min nar, yablughu ka'bayhi, yaghli minha dimaghu. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was once sitting in a, in a meeting with some of the Sahaba, and the name of his uncle was mentioned. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, maybe on the Day of Judgment, because of my intercession, because of my appeal, he will be placed in a shallow pool of fire that will cause his brain to boil. A shallow pool of fire that reaches to his ankles and it will cause his brain to boil. And that is the after the appeal of Rasulullah and his intercession for his uncle. This is the least punishment and the worst punishment will be the punishment of the hypocrites. Allah says, <laughs> The hypocrites will be in the lowest level of hellfire. We know of different forms of punishment, different forms of torment. One of them is the roasting of the skins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, <laughs> Allah says, Those who reject our signs, we shall soon cast into the fire. As often as their skins are roasted through, we shall change them for fresh skins that they may taste the penalty. And there is a scientific miracle in this ayah. The ayah says that as soon as the skins are roasted, Allah will give them new skins. We know that the concentration of nerves that feel the pain of heat is in the skin. The muscles, the fat tissue has a less concentration of nerves. The highest pain is felt in the skin. And that is why if you're poked with a needle, you feel the pain when the needle is going through the skin. But if the needle is going through the, the muscle, you don't feel that much pain. Therefore, as soon as the skin is roasted and the nerves are burnt, Allah will give you them a new skin so that they would taste the punishment. And we, we talked about how thick this skin is. And then there's another punishment which is called the melting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, But those who deny their Lord, for them will be cut out a garment of fire, over their heads will be poured out boiling water. So over their heads boiling water will be poured. Allah says, With it will be scalded what is within their bodies as well as their skins. This boiling water will be poured over the head. It will go through the head and will wash out the guts and everything will come out. That is how hot this water is. It will melt everything in their insides. And then there's the punishment of the face. And the face is the most honored part. And that's why Rasulullah said, do not hit the face. Because the face is the most honored part of the human being. And it's also sensitive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the fire will burn their faces and they will therein grin with their lips displaced. Fire will blow in their faces, and it will be hot and dry, 
and it will disfigure the faces because of the heat of the blazing fire coming in the face. And uh, then there's another form of punishment, and this is called the sahb, the dragging. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَوْمَ يُسْحَبُونَ فِي النَّارِ عَلَىٰ وُجُوهِهِمْ ذُوقُوا مَسَّ سَقَرٍ إِنَّا كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلَقْنَاهُ بِقَدَرٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Truly those in sin are the ones straying in mind and mad. The day they will be dragged through the fire on their faces, they will hear, taste you the touch of hell. So they're, be, they're being dragged by their feet on their faces on hellfire. And then there's the punishment of the darkening of the faces. And this is a humiliation for them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ كَسَبُوا السَّيِّئَاتِ جَزَاءُ سَيِّئَةٍ بِمِثْلِهَا وَتَرْهَقُهُمْ ذِلَّهِ مَا لَهُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ مِنْ عَاصِمٍ كَأَنَّمَا أُغْشِيَتْ وُجُوهُهُمْ قِطَعًا مِنَ اللَّيْلِ مُظْلِمًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, But those who have earned evil, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhanAllah, the fairness of Allah, Allah will hold people according to their actions. And for those who did evil. Allah is not unjust. Allah is just and fair. Allah says, But those who have earned evil will have a reward of like evil. Allah will reward them according to what they deserve. Ignomity will cover their faces. No defender will they have from Allah. Their faces will be covered as it were with pieces from the depth of the darkness of night. Their faces will be covered with darkness. As if it was darknesses from the depth of the night. They are companions of the fire. They will abide therein forever. SubhanAllah. And whenever I hear this word forever... We're not talking about the punishment for a few moments, forever. Million years, billion years, billions of years. Keep on counting, it's forever, eternity. And the punishment is not localized, it's surrounding them from every side. From the front, from the back, from the top, from the bottom, from the sides. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِنَّ جَهَنَّمَ لَا مُحِيطَةٌ بِالْكَافِرِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and fire will surround them. Surrounding them from every side. Wherever they go, they're met with fire. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and this is the reason, how come they are surrounded with fire? How come the fire is not burning the hand? How come the fire is not burning the face or the feet alone? How come the fire is surrounding from every side? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, بَلَا مَنْ كَسَبَ سَيِّئَةً وَأَحَاطَتْ بِهِ خَطِيئَتُهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those who seek gain and evil and are surrounded by their sins. Because they were surrounded by their sins, because they surrounded themselves with sins, they would be surrounded with fire on the day of judgment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and are surrounded by their sins, they are the companions of the fire, they shall abide therein forever. Because they were surrounded with sins, they would be surrounded with fire. Reward is according to the deed. And uh, the fire would get into their hearts. Allah alam how this will happen, whether it is psychological pain or it is physical pain. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, by no means he will be sure to be thrown into that which breaks into pieces. And what will explain to thee that which breaks into pieces? It is the fire of Allah, the which that mounts right to the hearts. It will get right to the hearts. And then there's the uh, dragging of the intestines, and this is for the ones who used to enjoin. This is for the ones who used to enjoin good and forbid evil, but then they would not do it themselves. Rasulullah says, and this hadith is narrated by Al-Bukhari. يقول يجاء برجل فيطرح في النار فيطحن فيها كطحن الحمار برحاه فيطيف به أهل النار فيقولون أي فلان ألست كنت تأمر بالمعروف وتنهى عن المنكر؟ يقول إني كنت آمر بالمعروف ولا أفعله وأنهى عن المنكر وأفعله. أسامة says I heard Allah's apostle saying a man will be brought and put in hellfire and will be going around and round in hellfire like a donkey of a flour grinding mill. I don't know if any of you any of you have seen the old style of flour mill. There would be a two heavy rocks on top of each other and a donkey would be going in circle moving the top stone over the bottom one and grinds. So this donkey keeps on going around and around in circles. This man in hellfire will be going around and around in circles around what? Around his intestines. And the person, this man would be dragging his intestines around with him. And he would be screaming. And this would harm the people of hellfire. And they will say, Adaytana, you've harmed us. And then they will say, weren't you the one who used to tell us to do good and prevent us from doing evil, you used to preach to us. You were the one who was telling us to do good and you were the one who was preventing us from doing evil. How come you ended up being with us in hellfire? He would say, because I used to order others to do good, but I myself never used to do it. And I used to forbid others from evil why I myself used to do evil. That's the punishment of double standard. Not practicing what you preach. And they will be chained. Not only are they carrying the burden of the suffering of punishment, but they're also carrying with them chains, heavy chains. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, They will be chained. Chained, their arms would be tied to their necks, dragging these chains with them, and they are dragged by their chains. The people of Hellfire will try to climb over the wall of Hellfire. There will be angels who will knock them down with hammers of iron. And they will be chained and pulled down. And this will result in the pain and regret of the people of Hellfire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Happy and smiling in dunya, enjoying this life, but then the suffering of regret will show up on the Day of Judgment. As soon as they see the punishment, they will suppress their regret. Because who can they complain to? Who can they speak to on the Day of Judgment? Nobody will help them. They neglected the da'wah of the Anbiya, the Prophets of Allah, so the Prophets of Allah will neglect them on the Day of Judgment. They did not remember Allah 
They ignored the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world, so Allah will ignore them. Allah will say, this day we will ignore you like you have ignored the meeting of this day. You ignored this appointment. You ignored the day of judgment, therefore you will be ignored on this day. So they will not have anybody to go to. And they will conceal this anger and they will conceal this regret in their hearts. They have nowhere to take it. And it's more suffering to suppress such feelings in their hearts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا أُلْقُوا مِنْهَا مَكَانًا ضَيِّقًا مُقَرَّنِينَ دَعُوا هُنَالِكَ ثُبُورًا لَا تَدْعُوا الْيَوْمَ ثُبُورًا وَاحِدًا وَدْعُوا ثُبُورًا كَثِيرًا Allah says, and when they are cast, bound together, into a constricted place therein, they will plead for destruction there and then. This day, plead not for a single destruction, plead for a destruction off repeated. They will ask for destruction. They will ask Allah to destroy them. Allah is telling them, ask as much as you want. Repeat that call. It will not be answered. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Therein they will cry aloud for assistance. Our Lord, bring us out. Now they remembered Allah. Now they're asking for help. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Stay, you will not leave from this place. And in another ayah, قَالُوا رَبَّنَا غَلَبَتْ عَلَيْنَا شِقْوَتُنَا وَكُنَّا قَوْمًا ضَالِينَ رَبَّنَا أَخْرِجْنَا مِنْهَا فَإِنْ عُدْنَا فَإِنَّا ظَالِمُونَ They will say, our Lord, our misfortune overwhelmed us and we became people astray. Our Lord, bring us out of this. If ever we return to evil, then shall we be wrongdoers indeed. And there are many other ayat that uh, talk about their dua. You might be wondering what will happen to their gods. This is what happened to them. What about the gods that they used to associate besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Verily you unbelievers and the false gods that you, that you worship besides God are but fuel for hell to it will you surely come. On the day of judgment, all of these gods will be set aside. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell the people who used to worship the idols to go and follow their idols. That's justice. You worship the idols, go and ask the idols to reward you. You didn't worship Allah, so don't expect anything from Allah. Expect the reward from the idols you worship. So Allah will tell the worshippers of the idol to go and follow the idol. And then the idol will be thrown in hellfire and they would follow it into hellfire. The worshippers of the sun, follow the sun. And then the sun will be placed in hellfire. Now what about the ones who worship Jesus, for example, Isa? Isa is a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he will be in the highest levels of paradise. Therefore, what will be set for them is not Jesus because Isa never asked to be worshipped. But what will be set for them is a cross. And Allah will say, followers of the cross, follow the cross. And the cross will be put in hellfire and they would follow it. And that will happen to all other gods besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you worshipped Allah, then ask the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why shirk is the only sin which is not forgiven. Shirk is associating other gods with Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell the people, you did not worship me, therefore you will not be rewarded by me on this day. Go and ask the reward from the ones whom you worshipped. 
صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا. For further information, please contact Al Bashir Publications and Translations at 1-877-745-3330 or 303-574-0095. Our fax number is 303-373-0943 or visit our website at www. dot albashir dot com. That's www a l dash b a s h e e r dot com. You can also write to our address at ten five one five East Fortieth Avenue, Suite one zero eight, Denver, Colorado eight zero two three nine dash three two six four. Please proceed to the next CD.